Thanks for tuning in to the Glenridge Church message. Our mission is to love God, love people, and live to change the world. If we can help you in any way at all, feel free to reach out to us on hello at glenridge.org.za. Sure. So guys, I did have a purpose in handing out the bar ones, but the slogan of a bar one, what does it say? It says, for a 25-hour day. And we know that this world, this culture we live in today, tells us, screams at us, if you want to be significant, if you want to be purposeful, if you want to live lives of meaning, we've got to be busy. As, I know as a mom, sometimes I struggle with the lie that because I'm not a high-powered, successful mom, um, businesswoman and a mom and do it all, but I cho- choose to work a part-time job so I can be with my boys, that maybe I'm not as significant as my high-powered businesswoman friend. We, uh, if you think about your dinner tables or when you see somebody, how are you? What, does, what do they often say? Oh, I'm just, I've been so busy. And I know Nick and I often we come home and it's like, who wins for having the busiest day? Shame, shame on you. You know, you, yeah. Who wins? That's how our conversations are marked by this. The Harvard Business Review recently did a study on the social status of America and I think it applies to South Africans too. But it said that leisure, they actually did research, leisure used to be a sign of wealth, okay? Like going sailing, golfing, joining the tennis club, that was a sign of wealth. But today, actually busyness is our sign of wealth. Busyness is what tells us we're successful. Um, so much so that, uh, that the ads, companies' adverts have changed dramatically over time. So in the, in the 19, 1960s, 70s, Shepard, you can put those two, there's an ad. These were the adverts. It was, le- it was marked by leisure. If you had a beautiful Rolex watch or, you know, it was always doing something leisurely. But today, I literally Googled 20, 2020 adverts, and you can go to the next slide, Shepard. And it's literally a, a car in front of high-rise buildings and a businessman in his suit with his Rolex on. And this is what culture tells us today. If we want to be successful, our lives have got to be marked with busyness. We've got to, if you want to climb the corporate ladder, you've got to be the first in and the last to leave. No boundaries. Work is your life. Netflix. They... Their, their whole strategy is how much more of, our, of the, peop- the consumer's attention can I have? Apple, how can we entice the consumer to look at this phone more and more and more? We think of uh, Facebook. Everything that is designed is designed to draw our attention. Sean Parker, he was the first president of Facebook. He um, is not the president anymore. But he is now a conscious a social media objector, and he admits that Facebook's strategy was and still is, how do we steal as much of the people's time and conscious attention as possible? Isn't that so frightening, guys? Think of your, your apps on your phone. Um, from the colors that they've been, the icons are designed in, to the way you're the motion of the scroll. We all know we scroll, we get addicted to the scroll. Swipe right, swipe left, swipe, swipe up. It's literally um, releasing dopamine in your brain to get you to come back for more because it's the feel-good hormone. So we go back for more and we battle to not scroll anymore. Um, the red notifications um, on your iPhone, 
they, um, they are purposefully chosen to be red because it is a warn- red is the warning color and it actually triggers the stress hormone called cortisol. I cannot do anything else but deal with my red notifications and so it keeps you coming back for more. Isn't that so scary, friends? These are the times we're living in. Millennials, um, our phone users touch their phones on average 2,617 times a day. A day. And they reckon that millennials touch their phones twice as much. Got to put our phones down, clearly. (laughs) So, when I say radical, the word radical, who or what do you think of? Who do you think of? There must be someone in your life that you can think of who's radical. Maybe it's the guy who goes onto the streets and prays for healing, or the, the lady who goes to the hospital and prays for the sick, or the evangelist. Who is it in your life? Today I want to say that actually God is calling us all to be radical, and that there's radical life in the basics of our Christian faith. And, though, and I actually want to speak about the disciplines of a disciple of Jesus Christ. And I know that sounds so boring when Jesus was like, I want you to title it discipline of a disciple. And I was like, that's so boring. I hate the word discipline. Really, could you not have given me a more creative word? And he was like, no, there is radical life in the basics of, Christ- of the Christian faith. And you see, we want to we we see the radicalness, but we don't want to be found faithful with the small things. But it's in the small things that Jesus wants to breathe life. So this morning, I want to actually look at the beautiful person of Jesus Christ, this man who was undeniably the most radical man that could ever have walked the planet. His lifestyle serves as a model, as an example to us to adopt. And um, I want to look at one discipline. We know that the disciplines are reading your Bible. Malachi's been singing the song with, at We Friends that he's learning um, read your Bible, pray every day. That song, I'm sure we all grew up with it. And you'll grow, grow, grow. And that's such a good truth. And that's a beautiful discipline and praying and worshiping. But today I want to focus on one thing that Jesus did so well. And we see throughout the Gospels, he did time and time again that God is asking us to come back to. And that is stillness with the Father. It's radical to go counterculture. A friend said to me, that's radical. Let's be counterculture. Let's go against the grain. And today, Holy Spirit's asking us, will you set aside time to be still with the Father in a day where culture and society is just vying for your attention? I want your attention first. To a child, love is spelled time. We know that. To a child, love is spelled time, and it's the same with us and the Father. So who has your time? Who who has your time? And I've got one verse that I just, I pray that you would memorize this verse with me today. It's from Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. Can you guys say it with me? One, two, three. Be still and know that I am God. If you can remember anything, it's this verse. I want you to remember this verse and say it all week. Be still and know that I am God. And my two points for today are be still And my second point is, and no. (laughs) So we're going to jump into the first point, be still. Do you know that we have an eight-second attention span today? It's so frightening. 
Apparently a goldfish has a nine second attention span, so we've lost to the goldfish. I read that in a book, I loved it. And this is massively due to the culture today. Um, we are multitasking generation. It's what we do. We drive, we voice note, we drink our coffee in one go. Um, so we're constantly short-circuiting our, our brain, so, so we have no attention span. However, we need to be a radical, as I said, we need to learn how to focus, how to meditate on the goodness of God. You become who you behold. Who are you beholding? What are you beholding? Um, so, in Mark 1, Jesus, we know the beautiful story of Jesus being led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. And we know he gets tempted by the Holy Spirit. But I was reading, and this, spirit, this stuck out to me. It said, the Spirit drove him into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days. Some translations say the desolate place, a place without people, without distraction. And he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. I mean, if that happened to Jesus, it can happen to us. If we t find time to be still with the Father, I would love the angels to minister to me too, you know, before you go to ministry or anything. He then, after this time, being still with the Father in the wilderness, having been tempted by the devil, having the angels ministered to him, goes and calls his team, his 12 disciples. He made a good decision out of being still with the Father. So I just want to urge us today, before we make decisions in our lives, have we been still with the Father? Have we heard his voice? In Mark 1 verse 35, um, just after he's come from the wilderness, he's done some healings. It says, and rising very early in the morning. It doesn't even say, and right when he woke, or rising early. It says, rising very early in the morning while it was still dark. He departed and went to a desolate place, and there he prayed. This is literally throughout the whole Bible, the Gospels. It's time and time again we see Jesus withdrawing to the mountain, withdrawing to the sea, um, telling his disciples to go on without him so that he can just be still with the Father. After the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus says to his disciples, go go into the boat, he dismisses the crowd, and he goes up into the mountain to pray. He knew he had given so much, he needs to get back to be with the Father, to hear the Father's affirmation and approval over his life. David, before he was appointed king, so David was appointed king as a teenager, and then we know that David grew up in the wilderness, fighting the bears and the lions, um, but it was really in the wilderness, this desolate place where Psalm 23 was written, which we know today is such a beautiful thing. Songs were written in the wilderness from David. He was prepared for the call of God in this desolate place. Being still with the Father is what equipped him for, the, for his ministry, for, for his assignment. We won't be effective in the public place so by public, I mean even your work, your, your work environment. Um, yeah, just the, the, public, the public place. We won't be effective in the public if we haven't learned how to be still in the private. God's calling us back to a life of the basics. It's actually the basics of Christianity to sit with the Father, to hear what he says. Where did Jesus call his 12 disciples? Uh, most often actually walking along the sea. He must have been sitting at the sea or having a walk. 
Where did he write his famous sermon, the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount? On the mountain. Um, in Matthew 13, we read Jesus sat by the sea, the sea and the crowds actually followed him. Jesus knew beautiful things came out of stillness with the Father. Jesus appreciated time with God. We need to relearn how to sit still. So important. We're asking God for miracles. I want to see miracles. I want to have testimonies to tell my children, to tell Nick when he gets home of what happened during the day. But are we giving God our moments? See, He wants our moments. And He will be the one, the responsible one, to bring about the miracle. We're responsible to give Him the moment. He's responsible for the miracle. Are we giving God our moments? We've got to stop focusing on the prize or the promise or the portion that we want and stop foc- and start lifting our eyes to the person of Jesus Christ. Are we being still? Are we being still? We won't know the Father unless we be still. Psalm 46 says, be still and know, which is my second point of the day. And know. So we've learned about how to be still and know. Matthew 16, verse 13 to 20 um, Jesus is saying to his disciple, it's this beautiful scene, and he says, now when, J- uh, it says, when Jesus came into the district of a word, Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You can keep this up, Shep, but it's so beautiful because they like, these are who these people say you are, and this is who you say. And he stops him and says, no, but who do you say I am? Glenridge, who do you say this man is? Do you know him? Who do you say? We've got to stop like relying on other people's revelation or relying on being the chosen one to get the prophetic word or um, to get the counsel because... But before, we've actually got to learn to go to the Father and get revelation of who He is in our lives for ourselves. Honestly, guys, it's, that's the sustainable place. <laughs> but then He says to them, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ. He doesn't say, you are Christ, you are Jesus Christ. He says, you are the Christ. And you know what the Christ means? It means the anointed. Simon Peter is saying, you are the anointed. Do you know the anointed one? We want to fast track. I wish sometimes there was a five-step plan to being, the, to being anointed, to, um, to being radical, but there's not. The only thing is to sit. If you want the anointing, we've got to sit with the anointed one. Be still and know the anointed one. To know Christ is to know the anointing. We're designed to know God. He says, my sheep know me and I know them. We're designed to know him, friends. We've got to be disciplined to sit still with him long enough so that we know him. I feel like there really actually is an invitation this morning. If you don't know him, this beautiful man who gave everything to know you, And I don't know, even right now, if you want to raise your hand so we can pray with you, but he's saying, I want to know you. It's literally an invitation to say, I want to know you. 
I want to smear the anointing oil over your life so when you walk into your environment, you transform the culture, you bring change, you see breakthrough. So if there is anyone right now who wants to give their life, please raise your hand. Okay, well, you can always come to me afterwards. When we, when we want to be fit or healthy, we prioritize going to the gym. We prioritize eating healthy food. I know I love to, to try and be healthy, and it takes time. You've got to think of your meal. You've got to go shop for the healthy meal. You've got to prepare your meal. So it takes time. And it's the same with God. Do we want to know Him? Are we willing to sit long enough to know the man the man of the hour, the Jesus Christ, the anointed. Heather said last week, show me your friends and I'll tell you, tell you your future. And I actually feel Holy Spirit saying, show me your time and I'll tell you where your treasure is. Those closest to you, because this, is, this has just been a message that I've been, God's been asking me all these questions. But those closest to you, your friends, your spouse, where would they say your treasure lies? I want it to be Jesus. I want my kids to know mom loves Jesus more than anything. So be still and know the anointed one. His anointing breaks yokes. Are you feeling heavy? Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling um, wearisome? Are you feeling trapped? Are you feeling tired? Spend time with the anointed one. It won't be long before his anointing oil will be leaking off of you. God wants to anoint us today. He doesn't just want, he's appointed us as a generation, but he wants to anoint us. And the way we're going to get anointed is to sit with the anointed one, the Christ, to get revelation of the Father for ourselves. In closing, Ephesians 5 says, Look carefully how you walk, 5 verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. And you know, the Greek, the Greek phrase, making the best use of the time, can be making the most of every opportunity. So I've written a few practical points of how we can make the most of every opportunity. But number one, don't check our phones until we've prayed in the morning. Nick and I put our phones on airplane mode at night time before we go to bed. And it's, on, it's such, a, such a challenge actually not to turn it off airplane mode before I spend time with Jesus. Avoid responding to that notification noise. Have a social media fasting day. Intentionally leave your phone at home for a period of the day on a Friday on the weekend. Going out on a Friday or Saturday. If you have a spouse, they can have their phone in a queue. Instead of whipping out that phone and going through the scroll, we could pray for that friend. We could thank Jesus for his presence with us right there and then. Every red traffic light, pray in tongues. Let's do it. Let's be such a radical people that actually every time we stop and there's a red traffic light, we're praying in tongues. Have silent car trips. And most importantly, these tips have all been about making the most of every opportunity, but find your desolate place. Jesus had a quiet place. Find your desolate place. Find a place that's on your own. And let's not let it be a, a special occasion. Let it be our regular. Let it be our norm that we sit still with Jesus because we're not going to transform the world if we haven't sat with the anointed one. 
He's calling us today to be an anointed generation. He's pouring the oil of anointing out over us today. We need to take ownership. We need to mature. We need to take ownership of our growth, of our times with God. Um, And just a few quick, sorry, I said I was closing my last few points. And then we have a song that I'd love us just to actually listen to and, and give God back our time. But so just to summarize, there's no fast track plan to a radical life. We want to be radical. We have to learn how to sit still, be still and know. It's not be busy and know. It's be still and know. Get back to the basics. There's radical life in the basics. We want to be an anointed generation. Sit with the Christ. Sit with Jesus, the Messiah. In waiting before the Lord, I love this, I'm quite proud of myself. In waiting before the Lord, we become a weighty people. Are we waiting before the Lord? Because when we wait before Him, we will bring influence around us. And that's it, friends. I hope that you are encouraged to sit with Jesus. He is so worthy. He's so worthy. Um, I don't, I don't want us to end now because I just have this song that I'd love us just to sit and give God our time. And if you maybe need to repent, I had to repent of not prioritizing the person of Jesus Christ and sitting still with Him because your time reveals what you treasure. We know that. So it's time to, to show Jesus who we treasure, that we treasure Him. So I'd love us all just to sit in a receiving mode, however you want, if you want to lie down, however you want. And honestly, let the Holy Spirit minister to your heart today because He wants to transform not just your life. He wants to transform the lives around you with His anointing power. So you can play it, shepherd. You can just close your eyes and meet with Jesus right now where you are. Picture His face. Literally, I've been staring into the eyes of Jesus and when I look at him, I see fire in his eyes. Are you burning? If my heart could tell a story If my life would sing a song If I have a testimony If I have anything at all No one ever cared for me like Jesus His faithful hand has held me all this way And when I'm old and gray and all my days are numbered on the earth Let it be known in you alone My joy was found Oh my joy Let my children tell their children Let this be their memory That 
our treasure was in heaven And you were everything to me No one ever cared for me like Jesus His faithful hand has held me all this way and when I'm old and gray and all my days are numbered on the earth, let it be known in you alone my joy was found. I found my joy. My joy was found. 